Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Greetings, Zogling, Ligger, and Mad's Ass Clowns across the street and Zog playing here in the open air Coast Coast Net House. We call Zog Mad one third and final, but this show, as always, is aimed at the lost and the found sheep of House of Israel, ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ye who did hear Christ's call. Greetings. Let me see. Today is the 30th of July. It is, what, 1030, which is pretty well really the standard time when I start the show. Now, I open the chat room an hour ago so that it allows the TARDs to mosey their way in and allows the TARDs to have fun. TARDs just want to have fun. Yes, TARDs just want to have fun. That's all they really want is some dumb fun. When the trolling day is done, well, tards just want to have fun. Yes, them tards just want to have fun. Yes, I'm musical. <laughs> that was by that was sung by a Jewess named Sidney Lauper, who, uh, oh heck, and this was the during the time between I was in rebellion against. Uh, British Israelitism, and before I found dual seed line CI dentistry here. You know, during that, you know, what, about 15-year window? Any case, uh, let's see. I'm sort of mellow tonight because guess what? Uh, man, woman, and beast here, you know, a four-legged beast of the field, a.k.a. poopy dog, why we have all got slop in our trough. We all had slop put into our trough here, and everybody got to chow down, including the you know, little four-legged beast of the field, poopy dog, not the two-legged, not the two-legged, presumably Israelite uh, poopy dog, the, uh, the virtual. In any case, so heck, uh, everybody got slop in their trough here. Right now I'm sucking down on Folger's Will, and I'm eating a nectarine and having some... Uh, peach tea, and it's just nice here, okay? So, uh, you know, no, I mean, Donald Trump's here. They're, they're, people get on me. Well, how can you be polite to Bruce Gordon? He is a race mixer. And the answer is, is it, yeah. He's an unrepentant race mixer. And the answer is, yeah. Uh, what do you want me to do about it? You know, there's 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 no sense to it here. I mean, you know, about this, you know, last year at this time, why I urged him because he said Dragon Lady was going to move to Panama City, away from Jacksonville, and take his little squirt with him. And I said, well, it's for the best then. And it turned out that he couldn't do it. I didn't think he could do it. It's sort of like getting Linda, old Linda or Blessing Mary America to essentially knock her little caicus, you know. 53-year-old kikis in the head. That ain't going to happen. 
folks, let's understand we got what we got. In any case, I'm sort of, you know, pretty well my agitation came earlier because I had set out a Rule 59E motion against Judge, Federal Judge Stephen Bow, Bow, whatever, B-A-U-G-H, sort of like, you know, right flesh Rimblow. You know, uh, he might be a relative here. Uh, oh, the Flesher, uh, the Flesher's first cousin here is a piece of shit named Stephen Limbaugh. I mean, his daddy was a lawyer. His grandpa, who died at the age of 104, was a lawyer. Mainly in the Eastern District of Missouri, that's where Kate Gerardo is. But, uh, hey, cousin, first cousin Stephen Limbaugh, piece of shit. Total piece of shit. It's sort of fucked up here. And when a fucking nigger like Ronnie White has a lot more mercy on some wigger I remember in California, Missouri, he's being fucked with by the local sheriff. So he goes to the sheriff's house. He, he's at the end of his you know, rope here. He goes with a gun. Can't find the chicken ship sheriff because the chicken ship sheriff was a chicken shit. Left his wife to face this nuts wrath and the sheriff's wife was plugged and he went ahead and uh, he tried to shoot the sheriff and he did fucking kill the deputy. So essentially he went ahead and wounded you know, a she pig, a he pig uh, wounded a couple more, killed two, wounded three or four more and I guess they talked him down of it. So anyway he goes, he's on death row and of all the Supreme, the Supreme Court of Missouri cocksuckers, you know, black-robed cocksuckers there, including Judge Stephen Limbaugh, the only one who had the decency to say, well, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, maybe this poor Wigger had more he could, say, you know, take was the nigger, Ronnie White. I mean, you go ahead, you listen to Ed Chattering Clan of Mamsers or whatever here. Uh, folks, this, quote, rule of law, this, quote, representative democracy is no such thing. No such thing. Never was. Never was. At all. So anyway, Judge Stephen Limbaugh goes ahead, and just like on the 26th of June, you know, about the time that the five black robe cocksucker from the Supreme Court went ahead and ruled that you know, 90 million Americans who believe that marriage should be between a man and a woman. You know, now it's between faggots. And, you know, folks, you know, people say, well, why should, shouldn't you get mad about that? Nah, hell no. Oh, shoot. Uh, you know, one of our own, uh, Joe Paul Franklin, went ahead and shot Larry Flint. Here, I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and see if we can't make it right with old Larry and let him marry his chicken. You know, I mean... You know, I never did much care for Hustler back in the days when, you know, before the Internet, when I used to, in the Army, used to enjoy porn. And I didn't really enjoy Penthouse that much here. But I did like, you know, not Penthouse, but the Playboy. I did like Penthouse, though. And that's where I got the name John Relton. He was in the letters here. That's Relton. That's a, that sounds like a good English name. And it is here. It's, you know, it's English for stiff penis. But anyway, <laughs> So anyway, you know, found that uh, reading the June 1982 uh, issue during a field training exercise, when we were hiding out in the German armies, uh, one of their little barracks that they have built here. You know, what was what's funny? 
is that American Americans they go out in the woods and they hide underneath camouflage netting and make like they're a big old line. You know, it looks like you know. I don't know if you see some of a mash here. That's what we. That's what I was very very good at. Not only talking on the radio, not only talking about that, but we got really good to where we could put up. And about as short as eight, as long as 15 minutes, in the dark, with nothing but red lights, you know, red flashlights, we could put up camouflage netting. We got pretty good at it, very good at it. And what it looks like is it looks from the top, it looks like a big old line of dinosaur shit. You know, just big old, you know, dinosaur, you know, I mean, essentially it looks like a dinosaur stable which doesn't have a stable and which hasn't been shovel, you know, shoveled out for, what, all oh, about 100,000 years or something. You know, where dinosaurs go to hoist tail, a dinosaur outhouse or something like that. You know, big old pile of dinosaur poop is what it looked like here. And essentially it had little you know, aluminum rings to, you know, to simulate ground clutter for radar, you know, and for infrared and shit like that here. But anyway... We got pretty good at that here. How did I get onto that? I don't know. In case, yeah, uh, uh, looking at uh, looking at uh, you know looking at porno here. Back when I was in the uh, US Army here, you know, like we said, nothing can get between. You know, they say, "Ain't no sense in looking down. Ain't no discharge on the ground." Well, how we were looking, you know, we were looking for a discharge. You know, <laughs> you know. But then again, I mean, but anyway, you know, I, I, you know. So anyway, you know, I mean, I never really did like Hustle. I think Hustle was pretty, you know, launchy. I actually had real, actually had real skanks on it here. Uh, I mean, the penthouse skanks were too cute to be true here. You know what I mean? It was sort of like a gynecological view too, but, you know, but on the other hand, heck. Now, here I am, what, 23, 24? Hey, I like looking at it. You know, not Hustler, though. I mean, Hustler's. I don't know. I don't even publish them very much. I heard, oh, about five or ten years into the internet age, probably around 1999 or something like that, the Bob Gusion, you know, his penthouse was going, you know, was going belly up financially because hey, nobody's going to pay money for a magazine when they get the porn for cheap or free on the internet. So I don't owe Bob Gusion anything. I don't know that possible Jew you after anything, but. Larry Flint, why oh, heck, one of our own did sort of plug the worthless bastard here. And maybe, maybe, what the hell here? You know, I I don't know. I mean, to make it right, you know, with Larry Flint, he's listening here. Sort of like George K listening here. <laughs> I bought that one time. I was mind bearing uh, Larry Flint and his chicken of choice. And then, you know, and then what happens if it didn't work out here? Why uh, Larry Larry could uh, essentially divorce, you know, you know, divorce his uh, chicken of choice or send her off to work, you know, at Kentucky Fried, and she don't come back. No big deal here. But in any case, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I went over. I went over Tuesday. Went over Tuesday to. Uh, was it Wednesday? It may have been Wednesday. I went over. I went over the other day and essentially presented them. And okay, it was Wednesday because Judge Stephen Ball immediately, just like he did, 
He's not, you know, he don't really give a crap what anybody has to say about my Rule 59E motion. He has cut, he has cut the, uh, you know, essentially that uh, case, and he has severed Newton County and the Newton County Sheriff's Department. He severed the money, but he hasn't severed, I guess, on a personal capacity, uh, you know, Sheriff Ken Copeland and Corporal Barnes. Run along with my brother and the hippo for essentially, uh, well, essentially plotting to, uh, essentially, as long as they're there, the case can proceed. So maybe that's why he did here. He wants this case to proceed crippled, 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 to pretend that there is some rule of law. And there isn't. There isn't. I did say in the Rule 59E motion, I said, hey, well, at least my brother, I mean, help, he killed, you know, since he killed his mother, why, I, he wouldn't mind going ahead and killing mothers and fathers and children, you know, of uh, regime criminals here. So anyway, I went over there, you know, and uh, showed them, and I showed Stephen Ball's motion, is that hell, screw you, you know, fuck you, fuck you very much, fuck you, fuck you very much, fuck you, fuck you very much, fuck you, fuck you very much. So anyway... Went over there, and then I had bought a, I'd bought a, uh, I'd bought a spare tire from my Buick, from my quarter-ton Buick. Cost thirty-five dollars. Picked that up. Picked up some uh, concrete blocks. Heading on home. So yeah, it was Wednesday here because Wednesday, if you go over to Neil's show, and I'm over fifty-five, I get a three point eight six percent discount. On Wednesday, so it was on Wednesday that we did that. That was yesterday. So anyway, I came on back here and uh, brought in all the stuff in the refrigeration in, and I will take the other stuff in later. Who knows here? Anyway, it's turned cool in Southwest Missouri. But anyway, over the last space of the week, the operative word. Both in Repul- you know, in Republican Party politics and on the internet, and on and on the uh, internuts with the trolls and Andre the Nigger Angeline and the rest of the tards is the word is conservative. You know, it's a mixture of cuckold and conservative. The you know, the sort of conservatives who conserve nothing, and it came about because of Trump the chump, uh, you know, becoming more. Oh, you know, at the front here now, folks. He is a he is a Jew firster. He got two billion dollars. He's seventy. He's two years older than Hillary. He wants to have fun with the money, so he is now the hero. Hero of well, even Don Black. I was listening. One one of you put in this thing to where here's Don Black. Shit, yo, this call from Alabama is saying, why, you know, why do you not support Edgar Steele? Well, he had, a, he had a Ukrainian cutie here. Well, so does so does the duck here. You know, the duck here, he is playing a Ukrainian pussy. I mean, are you just mad because the Wigger Whimper was cutting into it or something or what? Yeah, but anyway, you know, you know, he, you know, he's guilty here. Well, folks, I believe, I believe that, you know, Edgar Steele was innocent here. Mona, Mona disagrees with that. But I think it is more provable that David Duck went ahead and gambled 
gambled away his supporters' money sent into it because he, he pled guilty to it. And I believe he's also sucking nigger cock here. I mean, uh, you know, by the way, by the way, uh, Milton Munster, Don Black, has violated the Jew Orleans protocols to where we don't talk shit about those who, you know, have their lips, you know, firmly, you know, connected to our butts here, hands around our cocks for a circle jerk here. I mean, Donald, you know, you know, uh, essentially uh, Don Black, Milton Munster has violated because I think you know, the Wigger Whimper was one of the, uh, you know, was one of the members of the protocol, and here is Milton Munster violating the protocol in order to bring the duck back into the bowel movement after he pled guilty to being faith. Now, folks, everybody, you know, classmen or whatever, knew that David Duck was a thief and he was a he was a humper. You know, he couldn't control his pecker here. I mean, it's a pity that maybe some classmen did, just didn't gel the worthless bastard long ago. But anyway, the operative word is conservative, and this actually getting you know is actually getting traction. You have all these repulsive conservatives. They're all whining and pissing and moaning. Racist. I say, man, oh, you're anti-Judeo-Christian if you say that. And the biggest, the biggest one who's getting, you know, his ass chewed is old Jeb Bush, married a beaner who still don't speak English, and who was a criminal who essentially had to pay a bunch of money because she was bringing in, uh, you know, essentially smuggling in a whole bunch of jewelry or something here like that. You know, uh, you know some of those criminals are just mere criminals here, but they're they're supposedly supposed to be the next the next future of the grand old prostitutes. So anyway, the folks in this movement. We have a bunch of conservatives. You know, I'm a little bit annoyed at Hunt Hare or Cunt Hare Walrus, Brad Griffin, of the League of Conservative Citizens. You know, that's what you know, that's what I called it. I think I called it the Kooks Conservative Clowns. Because that's what they are here. Now folks I can understand. Being in the movement since Waco, you know, we, everybody talk oh, big shit about no more Wacos, but essentially the whole operative thing was, you know, I remember when Linda Thompson, oh, let's march on Washington, and essentially the answer was, well, guess what? The revolution starts when the jackbooted thugs are kicking down my door. That's when, you know, that's when their little revolution starts. Uh, nobody's actually going to stick his neck out for anybody else. Folks, there is no there is no bowel movement unity. Never was. Never was. You'll get a bunch of people whining and pissing and moaning. I mean, why why is that mad Morty have something bad to say about Trader Glenn Miller? Why? Why does he have something bad to say about that murderous kike, Jersey City kike pig? 
Rabbi Frank, why is there some bad say about old sword man's Brian Rio? Why does he have something bad to say about David Duck and Donald Black and William Pierce? Why? Books me, you know, I, I go ahead and say why. You know, I mean, hell. You know, uh, you know, last night, I was not prepared uh, to fly. I couldn't find about the 10, 15 minute Bertrand Compare, you know, about the origin of our race. So I went over to Fink's place here. And here was, here was Captain Stenilty Emmeheiser, Clifton Emmeheiser, the Sicilian Guido, I believe Sephardic Jew, who brought Fink in. He came in yapping about how in 1996, 1997, he got Jeannie Snyder, who was Bertrand Compare's secretary's papers. And then he goes in, he, he whines like a pussy. Goes, I have a problem with what Bertrand Compare is saying. Well, guess what? Captain Sinilty Emmeheiser, he wants to pretend to be two-seed line. He wants to pretend to be dual-seed line. He wants to pretend there is a Satan. You see him fighting with Fink and fighting with uh, Meerkat Mark Downey and now Maggie Bell Bits Butts. You see him doing that? I don't. He was meant to bring him in. Way back, after, you know, after October 13, 2010, when I found out, when I found out that Fink had been lying to me, and so that's why I started, I called him, you know, I got fucked, you know, did a, on the movement turn, I got fucked at Finkelstein's, and both John Britton and myself got essentially kicked off the forum. I actually started listening to Bill Fink. And I found out that Fink didn't believe in a millennium to come. That's the thing he bitches about Compare. He believes that there's a millennium to come. Folks, if you don't believe, if you believe the millennium has already been here, then you are a papist preterist. You're a preterist. What's a preterist? Well, a preterist is something dreamed up by the Jesuits in order to fool the English, the Scots, the Scandinavians, the Germans, Northern Germans, the Protestants, into going back because they said, you're rebelling against God's kingdom on earth, the Roman Catholic Church. Why, well, he couldn't do a single thing against Alaric the Visigoth and really... Oh, a little bit, you know, against Attila the Hun, and absolutely nothing against Kaiseric the uh, Vandal, who really did not like him, and who really, I mean, the word Vandal, you know, still means vandalize here. After their little romp for three, four days or a week in Rome here, where, where they are lopped off heads and stole everything, not red hot or nailed down, but, you know, they went ahead and knocked off the heads of a few statues for shits and giggles. 429. Oh, he's a smart character, old Kaiser the Vandal. And let me see. Really couldn't do anything against Theodoric the Great or Theodoric the Ostrogoth or Dietrich of Bern. You don't hear anything about that from Fink because, well, Fink, you know, on John Fred's show, believes is that, guess what? There were no people, no people living in, in Europe before 1200. He went ahead and said that on the John Friend show. 
Well, guess what? You know, uh, Troy was supposedly happening twelve fifty. So I guess, you know, they the Greek the, the Mycenaeans they went to Troy. They fought it. They sacked it. They went back. They died out. They died out. Then you know, within fifty years, within forty years, they came back. Of course, Finkelstein is yapping about Aeneas. You know, Aeneas who uh, essentially took his aged father and Shizus on his back out of Troy here. But guess what? He had a little pokey pokey relationship with the Phoenician Canaanite queen Dido in Carthage, who all around 800. So I guess Aeneas was. 450 years old, <laughs> maybe 475 here. But guess what? They had they had prehistoric Viagra back then here. And old think why? And he doesn't agree with the rest of the historians. But he has a paper on Herodotus and Homer and Hesiod and all these people who absolutely have not damn thing to do with the Bible. But he can tell you what supposedly Nicholas said, Strabo. You know, we spent cross-eyed. He can tell you a number of things. None of them are true. You know, it ought to be, ought to be you know, I remember when you used to have Brian Rio. You have a little Mongol dog like Brian Rio here and a little old Fink here like, you know, Mr. Peabody. You know, we'll call it Finkelstein's improbable, implausible, fucked-up history. He's a historicist. Folks, whenever you hear the term historicist, that means preterist. You see, the Roman Catholic Church didn't preach preterism until these Jew Jesuits made it up from 1615 to 1619. Here's Captain Samuel T. He doesn't have any scripture to prove it. No, 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 no. He's saying that us premillennials why he likens us to what? Uh, Cyrus Schofield. Heck, you know, he might as well, he might as well just simply become out. He might as well, yeah, join VNN. That's what he are. Yeah, join Lenders Tard Corral. So anyway, you know, I was, I was listening to Queef, I was listening to Queef just gush all over Rabbi Fink here. And Fink, you know, Frank essentially is a no devil. Now, what? You know, now I don't agree with the no devil shit. But if you want to listen to no devil shit, why listen to Frank? There's Dave Marley, who's, uh, you know, whose uh, father-in-law was the was the Melungeon, Sheldon Emery, who went ahead and got it from this Jewess named Gerda Koch from Northwest Arkansas, a dealer in rare books. Of course, you know, Gerda Koch never did it. I mean, it's just simply a matter of Jews not wanting to admit that they're the spawn of Satan. So Frank was even telling old Queef that old Carolyn Yenta invited him. He was going to ambush Wiggerswell Wheelos and Wiggerswell Wheelos. You know, he knew more about Chris Renday than Frank did. But Chris Renday, ain't that where, where the serpent, you know, uh, seduced Eve and she gave birth to see, you know, to Cain? Isn't that what that Martin Lindsay preaches? And the old Hungarian, you know, Magyar Yetiskank, you know, Yetiskank by birth, you know, uh, Kazarian, full Kazarian by penetration, maybe, I don't know. I hear she's a lesbo, but anyway, <laughs> Fink was disagreeable about that. 
Now, folks, what is, this, what is this show about? This show is about essentially looking back at what people have done to show they're not for real. Okay? Let's see here. Uh, okay. Well, yes, 20. Uh, <laughs> oh, hell. It looks like Marty Chomo or Mr. Shock Thompson is now guest number twenty. You know, but I, I do want to thank I do want to thank Mona because what a year ago, a year and a month or two ago, uh, on June sixth or June fourteenth of two thousand fourteen, she called in and think think told her everything. Essentially, think told you know told Mona that you know he was a no devil. There's a no devil. And you have characters like Alan Rouse, a mongrel, essentially in Mamzer, you know, who, you know, I, he says he has mixed-race kids. I don't believe he has mixed-race kids because, he, well, he does, but that's no sin because he's a mongrel himself here. You know what I mean? So, in any case, that's what you have over face, and people are bitching about that. But let's go on to Cuckservative. Since probably before, not you know, Waco in ni- April nineteenth of nineteen ninety three. You know, you had all these here little militia groups, and I was, you know, I was, I founded two above ground ones. You know, around one around Springfield, one around Jasper, Newton, and McDonald County. And the saying was, no more Wacos, no more Wacos, no more Wacos. Well, guess what? The Republic of Texas was having their little secession things. And what, what happened is all went ahead and you know, chased two of them, killed one of them from a helicopter. No more Wacos, but oh, yeah, well, what happens? They don't believe in the Constitution, so therefore they're good to go. You had Red Mike Vanderkike, who... Well, he was working for the Southern Poverty Law Center. He still is. And you have these retards yapping about constitutional militias. Well, folks, the Constitution did away with the militia at the township and the town and the county level. Essentially said that they were to be created by the legislatures and governors of the states and pressed into federal duty. And Patrick Henry and George Mason, they were anti-federalists, and about a third of volume three of the Elliott debates, essentially the notes on the Virginia Ratifying Conference, Patrick Henry talks about a third about, hey, you're giving up? You're giving up your local defense force against tyranny? Essentially, the people who rebelled against King George III. Now, folks, when you have to have a revolution here, this lone wolf or lone tard shit doesn't hack it. Folks, there has to be. Every time, you know, Mao Zedong, Paul Pot, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Lenin, they understood is that you don't win or you don't fight a revolution with lone wolves. Now, I call them lone tards. 
of course, there's a saying that a lone wolf is either, you know, you know, usually a lone wolf in nature is psychopathic here in terms of a social sense, or is rabid, or both. I call them lone tarts. And pretty well, what you have is the other Jews whining, 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 whining. Oh, no! Low wolves, they're being whooped up here. That Dylan Ruff, he was reading Cut Hair Walruses or the, uh, let me see, Council of Conservative Citizens bullshit. My cow hunt, who went ahead and was, you know, sort of like my, he was related, I guess, to Mike Hunt. Cow hunts related to Mike Hunt. Uh, Mike Hunt and Kyle Hunt, they went ahead and hid behind. And since I drew it, I'm married to a Kaikis Taylor. Go ahead and talk about how they didn't believe in violence. We're daffodils. We're marigolds. <laughs> now, folks, you don't have to apologize. You know, I don't apologize for Dylan Roof. Why should I apologize for Dylan Roof? He wasn't, you know, as far as I know, he wasn't reading anything that I wrote. Let's say he acted upon what I wrote. If he acted upon what I wrote, he would have understood this is not the time to go lone tard. This is the time to mark those who need to die. It's time to mark those who, in a mopping operation, you will declare to be what counter-revolutionary parasites who cannot be trusted to liquidate themselves. Someone who knows history knows that empire which is on decline. Now, the Roman, you know, probably the closest thing, because there's been a number of, you know, essentially history, the reason you look at history isn't just for the enjoyment of it, but to tell you or give you a guess as to what happens, even though with a different people, even though with different circumstances and different personalities, it's not going to be exactly the same. They say it doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. It sort of, it sort of repeats itself. The Roman Republic, the late Roman Republic, had essentially a civil war which lasted 100 years. When the Gracchi brothers were murdered, when they tried to tell these fat, stupid senators. We won't be able to fight another another war for Rome and make Rome rich from the loot now that we have sacked Carthage. You know, know, Delenda, Carthago-esque, Carthage must be destroyed. And they destroyed Carthage. What happens is that here's Tiberius Gracchus. Within a decade, he's riding through the areas outside of Rome and he just sees these empty cottages to where the Roman farmer who made up the legion at his own expense were no more, but rather was being bought up by the senators to essentially graze sheep on. And guess what? They were getting this, you know, their grain from Sicily. He says, no, folks, we, we need to, you know, I mean, essentially what we do best is that we have soldiers. The Roman legion 
was sort of offshoot of the phalanx, but what it did is unlike the phalanx where they just pushed at each other with long spears and you know shields, the Roman legion was made up of cohorts and maniples, and essentially what it was it was a square which was sort of like a circulating buzzsaw. And so you'd have the youngest men at the first here, and they would fight for about 15, 20 minutes until they got tired. And then you would bring up the next bunch here who were in their prime, who were in their 20s and 30s, and they would fight for 15, 20 minutes on the front line while the, while the young ones rested. And then at the very end, the old farts who were in their 30s and 40s would go ahead. So essentially, this was not this square. This was a square like a buzzsaw. And what was said is that with four legions of twenty thousand men, that's what Gaius Marius exterminated a quarter million Germans with twice. The Roman legion was sort of not was not only a, a square of infantry; it was a square which was like a buzzsaw. So, in case, what happens to Tiberius Gracchus and his brother Caius? They were murdered by these reactionaries. They were murdered by their, these reactionaries. It occurred around 133 BC, and then Caius. Who was even more ambitious than Tiberius? Was, they were conservative, but they said, "Guess what? Our way of life isn't going to last if we make sure if we don't make sure that those at the bottom have enough to live on." And Caius was murdered ten years later, and so it went to about 100 BC. Here's Gaius Marius, and then Gaius Marius. He is of the Populares. He goes in on the seventh councilship and he murders a whole bunch of the senatorial faction. And here comes Felix Sulla. He comes back in 82, in 82 BC. And he puts to death Gaius Marius' son. He, he goes ahead and essentially. The people of Senate Rome, he does what's called proscription. He takes these rich senators, he takes their property, and he kills them. He allows them to run off if they want, but he takes their property at the very least, declares them outlaw. He marches on Rome. Gennaeus Pompey was known as the Carnifex, what? You know, as, as, uh, essentially, he was known as the you know, Kid Butcher. King killer. So you have this fight. And then here comes Julius Caesar. He has the option of essentially being tried and murdered or crossing the Rubicon. So he crosses the Rubicon and essentially sends them all running and defeats. He defeats you know, uh, Pompey in Greece. Pompey runs to Egypt, has his head cut off, then here is Caesar. He goes ahead and finds some, you know, Cleopatra pussy. And what happens is in 44, 
BC, he is killed by these senators. And he, he wants he, he gets to where he wants to die. He's past his prime. He knows he can't go any further. He doesn't really want to fight the Parthians. And so you have the last to where you have Octavian, Augustus Caesar, became Augustus Caesar, and you have you have Mark Anthony. And the end of it is around 30 AD. So essentially, the Roman Civil War of the Republic lasted around 100 years. At the very end, at the very end, Augustus had slaughtered everyone who stood against him or sent them to exile or bought them off. And essentially, he established an empireship. And that was the end of the Roman Republic. I don't care if you watch Gladiator talking about how they were going to bring back a republic. They talk that shit. Just like Trump the chump and Rand Paul and all these other chumps talk shit. They don't mean it. Folks, when you get into politics, like I have for 20 years, 20-something years, 1994, you ran for state rep as Libertarian. When you run, when you go ahead and you run, you learn pretty quickly about how the politicians are worthless pieces of shit. But what you find out is that the population are worthless pieces of shit too. And how can you make? You can't make a. Michelangelo Rose David or Moses or anything out of shit. Shit population, shit rulers. That's what we have. That's what we have. I got a, I got a letter from this small town. They're already yapping about having ordinances here and enforcing their ordinances. I guess I guess the one where the pig went ahead and shot somebody's old dog has been settled or something like that here. I'm going to find out what's going on. But folks, you have it in Granby. You have it in every small town. You have it in every county. You have it in every state, and you certainly have it in District of Corruption, where you have a degenerate population. And, and, a certainly Judaized ruling class. Now, I was reading this thing by this alt-right thing here, and this one guy, he's absolutely right here. If white people were still only 10% of the population, and we had our act together, we could go ahead and kill the niggers, you know, in short order here. But the first civil war which is going to have to start is we're going to have to go ahead and kill and destroy adult pay the Uyghurs, who are the conservatives. And folks, we have conservatives, we have pieces of shit, certainly in our own bowel movement. Remember, the revolution starts when they're kicking down my, Jack Bird, you know, players are kicking down my door. No, oh, we'll see if old Keith is still on there. People saying, oh, why didn't you deal with Fink? Why didn't you deal with Brian Real when he was taking down 10, 12 of your web pages here? 
Well, the answer is that, hey, this $2.99 and $3.99 a month web hosting, well, hey, they want to stand in. Well, hey, I lasted, I lasted what, nearly three years on crisishost.com? I don't hear a damn thing from DreamHost. And people like Buck McHugh and Johnny Tonto Britton, who I like to post, oh, why? You, you were supposed to sue Brian Real. You promised. Well, you sue Brian Real. You sue Fink. You see, sue Eli James. The reason that you keep, the reason you keep the most adulpated, the most mongrelized, the most judized of your enemies and of Yahweh's enemies around is that they're Judas Jews or Judas Mongols or Judas Tards. Anyone who will hang around Bill Fink, anyone who will hang around Brian Rio, anyone who will hang around Meerkat Mark County, you want to ghettoize these people. You want them in the same ghetto. I play a game called Cossacks and Jew Boys. Jew Boy takes over. Kicks Cossack out of his native village. And he turns, you know, the Jew turns into a shittle. What does Cossack do? He circles around. Well, Jew Boy, you want to eat kosher? Well, you can eat your own kosher shit. You can drink your own kosher piss here. You keep him to where he can't go out. He's known. And that's what I've done. If you want to go ahead and go ask the mouthful, that's fine. As long as we know you're doing it. You know, folks, I mean, what is, what is the purpose of claim B2C line when you're essentially, you're a no-devil? What's the purpose of claiming to be Christian identity when it's always been premillennialist? Not papist preterist. Why bother? There's a reason that a Jew like Frank doesn't want to admit his daddy is Satan. You know, Paul wasn't the first. Christian identity or Israel identity path, you know, preacher? Christ was. John 8.44 occurs. I mean, I can just imagine, here's, you know, here's a proto-thinks, you know, this Hittite Khazar think here. He's, he's down from, well, he's down from, whole, uh, you know, Hittite city. You know, he's, a, he's an Edomite Hittite, you know, big nigger nose. I mean, love the portion. You know, I mean, the Phoenicians, they were Canaanites. They were descended from Sidon. The the blonde, blue-eyed Amorites have been pretty well, in many cases, destroyed. In many cases. There's these Edomites here. When somebody asked the question, you know, I was listening to a Dewey Tucker show, and they were talking about Edomites. Well, guess what? When Moses wrote this, there were still some white Edomites who were descended from Esau's marriage to his first cousin, Bashamah, the uh, daughter of Ishmael. 
So as a result, there was a bloodline you could marry into. Not of the two earlier. Earlier ones. Now, some of these Edomites, the worst of them, were the Amalekites. They were from Esau, Edom's oldest son, who married another Hivite or Horite woman, who was trying to go ahead and get some Israelite pecker even back then. You read the book of Jesuit. So, folks, if you're talking about the first murderer, there's Frank. He has no problem with murder. He murdered Puerto Rican sneak thief. And the more I look, from what I gather, he was the one who instigated it. And he went ahead and thinked out this Doomers. And he got a 15, you know, he was the main instigator. He took a plea bargain. And he got 15 years, which he had to serve 12 and a half. So Fink was a Fink. And folks want to go ahead and ignore that? Anybody who understands anything about Christian identity, you know, that's why I'm doing the Comparian thing. But yeah, I wasn't really ready for it last night. In fact, I didn't really prepare very much for tonight's episode. We're going to talk about conservatives. Well, folks, what difference does it mean about conservatives here? They will be what they are. There is no organized, there's no organized anything. At least not right now. And folks, I'm you know I'm I'm going to say is that hey you know if you have if you have had enough you're you know I think this Dylan Rook kid was at the end of his rope. He went ahead and went bang 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 gun down nine niggers. Now am I going to get down on Dylan Roof for gunning down nine niggers? No. For whatever reason, he was at the end of his rope. And so he did something, which I won't say is altogether foolish here. He did knock he did knock off nine niggers and scared the fuck out of niggers. You think that you, you who do you think who do you think niggers are far more scared of? Someone like Dylan Roof or Joe Paul Franklin or Cut Hair Walrus. What happens niggers? Niggers sort of know. Niggers sort of sense, you know, because they're scared the hell of white people. So are Jews, but they've been running wild, wild for a while here, and they think that they got, you know, tame wiggers like Jeb Bush and the rest here who will run interference for them. They ain't going to last forever. Folks, just by going ahead and talking about conservatives here, it's hilarious. It is, it is vulgar. You have people, you have people bitching that Marty, he is so vulgar. He will say, fuck. He will say, cunt. He will say, twat. I don't see how a man of God could go ahead and talk such vulgar, four-letter Anglo-Saxon monosyllables. And I do. I do. I mean, the ones who go ahead and whine the worst here are the worst of a lot, like over gender bender here. 
that critter, you couldn't look at it. You said, oh, by the way, old Bear Fink, I believe it's Bear Fink, a.k.a. Red Camel, a night or so ago, it was going, it was bitching about how I was violating this copyright. Sunday night, I was violating this copyright, and it was going to charge me $10,000 per day for using this pathetic little red camel. So I went ahead and looked, believe the stupid red camel. Went ahead and looked up some camel pictures and found one about the stupid Geico camel saying, someday. And essentially, you had a monkey and a kitty cat saying, we're tired of your shit, you stupid camel. You know, fuck off. <laughs> So what happens, he goes ahead and he whines to me, he whines to me some more. Why do you want to be that way? Well, you goofy bastard. You don't know anything about what the hell you're talking about. I think you're a character named Bear Fink, a.k.a. Christopher Earl Fink, a.k.a. You used to hang around Bale Fink as verbal vandal. You're a total fucking tard. Essentially, you start trouble, and then you whine like a pussy when you get it back. You sound like a damn Jew boy. Oh, I don't know why people didn't like me. Because you're a fucking kike asshole. Hell, in some cases, like Dan Johns and Alex Linder, hell, a Jew's own asshole can't stand being attached to a Jew asshole. That's why it, yeah, that's why it flares up and gives them probes. No, folks. What you should do is there isn't anything you can do about it today unless you want to go all Dylan Roof. If you want to go all Dylan Roof, well, do so. If you want. And I certainly am not going to denounce you for it. I'm not going to shit over you. You You know better. You know better what you can stand better than I do. I'm not in your situation. I've been rather rough situation, so I don't worry about it too much. Me, I sort of take every day here. I knew damn well this judge would, you know, say fuck you very much, and he did so. You know, I'm regretful for supporting my brother who did kill my mother, so hey, you know, I put him in a position where he could kill my mother. But I'll apologize to my sister. I've done my best to make it right as best I could. I gave my sister, and essentially, oh, well, haven't altogether caught a murderer who's my own brother. But hey, what you do is that you learn. It's a pity that, you know, in many cases, by the time you wise up, it's too late to do anything about it. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and look at the chat. I'm going to go ahead and take about a four or five-minute break. If anybody wants to call in, including Keith of Truth Militia here, they can. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take about a three or four or five-minute break. Hail Victor.
<laughs> okay, we're back. 
uh, I looked at the chat, and of course it was perverted Nimtard chat. Uh, it was well, it wasn't very good at all. But on the other hand, why? What do you expect from uh, Nimbuster Tards here? What do you get when you mess with Tards? Any case here, Bowseroids <laughs> here. Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, oh, I look. I looked at old Keith's stuff here. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sort of curious as whether or not he just got a, uh, whether or not he was smart enough to get his own uh, web page, or is whether or not he has Bail Fink working that through some sort of uh, what template or something like that here. Uh, you can get you can get web pages for free. Of course, on the other hand, if you get them for free or cheap here, you have a little monger like Brian Real. Uh, you know, free free means that hey, it's free until you know some little mongrel with nothing else better to do, working with Rabbi Fink, goes ahead and makes complaint after complaint after complaint after complaint after complaint. After complaint. And yeah, you know, I mean. That's why I don't have a Google blog here. I made that mistake before here. Uh, pretty well, pretty well when it was all together under my control here, and I have a few secret forums here. Why, uh, hey, let's go ahead and keep on making, uh, keep on making uh, saves, and you're good to go. Now you'll find some other place on the internet to move to here. So, in any case, uh, uh, that is. You know, pretty much, pretty much a number of things. Uh, you know, folks. Uh, I was I was reading I was reading these articles. I was I was reading Andre the Nigger. Uh, I was listening to uh, I went over to Sperm Fart, and it's just stupid shit here. Uh, I like to thank one of you Nimbuster Tards who did present me with that uh, one to where this guy named Carl from Alabama calls in to, uh, you know, Don Black and gives him what for for betraying Edgar Steele. Now, folks, I was a big fan of Edgar Steele's. But on the other hand, you know, I mean, as long as, you know, you, you don't know, you don't know what late people are here. There, there, there are people like Carl Garst who think that Edgar Steele was a softball all along here. You know, I don't the reason I don't is because you know I mean Butler you know Butler was screwed regardless here especially in Idaho you know Idaho I think is really the most screwed up place at all you know but but it's, it's corrupt all over here but in Idaho you have to pay money you have to put up a bond in order to defend yourself against some Jew debt collector who screw on the municipal judge. That's what happened with uh what uh you know Johnny Tonto's uh sister's hybrid nigger husband here. So you you uh you get to where you know the system is altogether corrupt here. Now what I urge what I urge people to do is essentially to look after themselves. This is, this is just common sense here, folks. 
you look after yourself and then you look after your friends and you build an alternative community. And this is happening already. Harold Covington, he was talking, you know, sometimes he talks some steps to where organic migration of white people to the Northwest is already happening. Yeah. They may talk. They may go ahead and talk about, oh, I'm going there for the fresh air. I'm going there for the good schools. I'm going there to get away from the fucking niggers and Jews and Pakis and all the rest of the you know, vermin, which go, which is already taken over most of the rest of this country. And most of them who go up there, Harold, who? You know, he got you know he got screwed here because, from my guess, Amazon is saying that they're not going to print or sell his novels. Certainly not five. Northwest Front you know, novels. I don't know if anybody's listening in, you know, but Harold, if you want to sue, sue. It costs $400 now. I don't know if it's going to cost 450 but if you want to go ahead and sue and embarrass them, you know, Amazon, you can do so. In fact, it's not just Amazon. You can go ahead and embarrass all the other ones. The Smashwords is owned by a Jew named Mark Coker. Or some people believe that Jeff Bezos is a Jew. But folks, don't yap about $20,000. That's sort of like Don Black. Don Black whining like a pussy because here comes the FBI and they're yapping him. Now, you know, Don Black would be like Tom Mesker. He'd say, hey, I'm going to say you cocksuckers. I have no idea where Dylan Stormroof is. I mean, Alex Linder. You know, Alex Linder keeps track of such things for Zog. I mean, that's why he went ahead and snitched out Bitch Tits Bill White. That's why he was going to snitch out old uh, Joe Snuffy, a.k.a. Keo, uh, Kevin Harfum. You know, Linder is data mining. Linder is collecting data for Zog. Every so often, Linder remembers, oh, no, I got to pretend that I am a sick Guido, you know, living in the granny's bunker here or whatever, bunker or whatever. He goes ahead and he asks for 2500 He He owes Hal Turner financing. Now, folks, I don't mind if you go to Hal Turner's and enjoy yourself. I don't know if Hal Turner will allow you tards to run wild like I do. Nobody allows you tards to run wild like I do. Do, 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 do. But anyway. Folks, this, this was happening way back in 1993. You had people who essentially were survivalists. The original militias were not constipational militias to prevent no more Wacos. No, they were just simply people who way back in 1993 believed the government was going to take their guns away. Essentially, they would have to fight a civil war, but they didn't know anybody to trust. So here they are with their friends and family forming a little quiet militia. Now you got four or five times as many people who are doing what makes sense. What they are doing is that they are 
essentially buying bullets, beans, and bandages. They don't even live. They don't even live in town. I, I was at Ramey's, and this one guy, you know, he said he knew me. He gave me his phone number, and you know, he lives. He lives in Newton County, and he's sort. He, you know, he's sort of interested in Arnold Murray. He's dead. And what happens is that I will get my. I will go ahead and get my CI programs up. And Adam, folks, I'm interested in essentially playing the Cop Bertrand Compray and getting, you know, getting Bertrand Compray's speeches transcribed correctly, so that people can read it in a workbook while they listen to the original Compray. Now, some of it dated, yes, some of it is dated. Most of it's good. Why do you need someone like Fink, some damn Jew who, you know, from New Jersey here? I was remember, I was re, I was, I was looking at this here. What, what's hilarious? What's hilarious is that here's Fink claiming I'm a Jew. And when was it? Left 2011. Well, Brian Reels, he's already taken down most of the web pages. Now he's going after him on StumbleIn and uh, the Beer Barrel. You know, in February and March, he's already taken me down over on uh, the first talks to you. And here is this character, call himself Victor Switzer. Uh, you know, he's competing with Matt Twat Zogbot and Old Nigger Lips, you know, to be the you know, Fink's main disciple. And what happens, Brian Real wants this man pussy. Brian Rear wants his man pussy. He wants to essentially stop off and pine bluff here, give him some, you know, give him some Victor Swisher man pussy in the Navy on his way to that little cut-off dwarf, you know, uh, perverted dwarf Gerald Mosley's in Shreveport, Louisiana. And so he gets old Victor Switzer. He comes on, he comes on as a red tally whacker, or tally, red whacker, along with Pisser Possum. And your mother's maiden name was Samuelson. There's a famous Jew named Robert Samuelson. He's a Jew. And I went ahead on someone and I pointed out is that my great grandfather, Charles Samuelson, he came over from Sweden in 1863. And he fought in the Civil War and he walked 120 miles from the railhead in Sioux City, Iowa, up to this place about 10, 20 miles outside of western Minnesota in Minnehaha County. And he got a double homestead on Beaver Creek. And later on, he married his second cousin from, you know, the Giedish homelands in southwest Sweden around Helsingborg and Scania. And he brought over, you know, most of his relatives, his cousins. He married one of them, second cousin, though. And some of the cousins were named Swenson. And some of them were named Savenson. And some were named Erickson. I'm not quite sure how that came about here, but hey, 
I point out, you can go ahead and look. My your great grandfather's homestead is a South Dakota State Park. Go ahead and look up Beaver Creek State Park. You can see Charles Sam or Charles Samuelson's original cabin. You know what happens? They pulled they pulled off the store bought and you know store bought and roofs on, and pretty well took off the second floor. They revealed the original cabin that he made from the pin oaks that were on that beautiful homestead of 320 acres. It's a state park. It's been a state park since, what, the mid-70s. You can go ahead and look. Now, if you want to believe that my mother, whose maiden name was Samuelson, but who had Svensson, Svensson cousins, and Erickson cousins, too. Well, you want to believe that, that's fine. You want to believe that there's a whole bunch of Jews running around in the Lone Prairie milking cows, putting up hay on the Lone Prairie of South Dakota, that's fine. But I believe there's far more Jews named Fink, which is a Jew name, living in Jew, Jersey, Related to Le Bertile, Franco's mother's side, related to Mark Patak and Matt Lauer in New Jersey. I, I believe there's far more Franks who are Jews in New Jersey than there ever was a couple of Samuelsons out on the Lone, out on the Lone Prairie in South Dakota. <laughs> I think there's a Jew or two in Pierre, but that's the state capital. There's, there's always a few Jew lawyers. You know, sometimes there's a I don't know. I don't think most of the counties in South Dakota have, you know, have any Jews in them here. You know, you know, you have to. You know, I mean, you know, Missouri, you know Granby, Missouri is a death town southwest Missouri here. But anyway, here, here's Frank. Here's Frank. Yep, 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 yep. And about how he can't deal with Alex Winter because Alex Winter thinks I'm Chris Sardin. He doesn't like Chris Sardin. He doesn't like male Frank. Introduce yourself as, you know, thinks long lost, you know, Alice Winter's long lost brother, and occasionally, yeah, you have members of the family which have crows too, and maybe you can maybe you can go ahead and drink Jewweed here, something like that, and cure the crows. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, look. You know, sort of like Will Williams and Alex Winder. And most of the people in, you know, white nationalism, they think I am the Christian identity scholar, not Frank. You know, Frank, you know, Frank's just simply a Jew boy who got inserted in. I mean, what's hilarious here is that about, oh, last year, not quite last year, here's Frank. He used to fight with Eli James about whether or not Satan was put into the pit and became the Jews. Uh, I think you say 500 A.D. He got turned loose a thousand years enough to you know, whisper in Martin Luther's ear. Now Fink has gone with the Eliar version to where essentially the Jews were, or the Satan was put into the pit A.D. You know, AD 800 under Charlemagne and then released around 1800 with Napoleon. So essentially Fink... You know, Frank, you know, Frank essentially has taken most of his, uh, most of his kike shit, most of his predator's kike shit from Eli James here. 
course, Eli James is better deeper here. Okay. So anyway, you have, you have, you know, oh, you know, speaking of ape through nigger here, folks. Go look at them. That's why. That's why I have to laugh now, folks. I don't believe. I you know, by by the way, by the way, I was I was on uh I was on Randy Turner's I was on Randy Turner's blog, and essentially I went ahead and he was whining about the Jupin Glob and how the Jupin Glob, uh, you know, essentially worships, you know, the Chamber of Commerce crooks. You know who infest the Jupiter Glob, and essentially how teachers ought to be teachers. Old Randy Turner, one of Randy Turner's tards, went and says, "I don't see why you're allowing Martin on your blog." And then old cousin Randy, you know, this was last night here, or this morning, says, "You ought to see, you ought to see what I don't allow him to put on my blog." So what I do is, you know. I don't get loud if I go ahead and insinuate he's a closeted homosexual. I don't get loud if I insinuate about the time that uh, essentially he, you know, he was bitching and pissing and moaning about the Facebook log because he wanted to have contact with uh, children without the knowledge of the school board and uh, the parents of those uh, children, how he was bitching like a pussy about that. So essentially, if I go ahead and sort of hint that he's a pervert, you know, and a closeted homosexual, those things don't commit. If I go ahead and ridicule him about, uh, you know, about how he's so much better than C.J. Huff, I can allow some of it. But, you know, he, he usually knows, it me, knows it's me here. So, hey, when you go ahead and you see someone like Bale Fake come in with his Franklishinia gonorrhea New Talmud translation, he doesn't know who you know, Simon Magus was, you know, you know that you know, he's been given it here. Sort of the same way with Trader Glenn Miller. You know, whoever gave, you know, it was probably ghostwritten, it was ghostwritten by a Jew here in order to, you know, come back. And he had this thing printed right around the time he got off a probation in 1998, 1999, 2000. And so, you know, and so... He never did fully get off probation here. He was going to have a fist fight with me in early 2004, you know, at the Aurora Walmart here. He later said that he had six of his federal handlers, federal handlers, uh, essentially there, I guess, to beat me up if I beat you know, if I started beating up too much on the old rat here. I said, oh, shit, I'm not going to. You know, I mean, you refuse to run for office because you're, you know, you're, your Federal Witness Protection Program handler wouldn't let you run for United States Senator. So, hey, uh, you know, why should I bother? And instead, I spent that Saturday, you know, Chuck E. Cheese's with all four of my grandkids. And last time I had a great deal of fun with them. So, anyway, where, where am I at here? Okay. Well, guest 16, maybe so, maybe not. I mean, more, I'd say Mona's halfway takes me serious. Papa Cat is rather seditious here. You know, I don't know about the rest of them here. But anyway, Fink didn't write, Fink didn't write or make up his translation here. 
If you want to see, if you want to see a work in progress of translating, go over to Dewey Tucker's webpage and see his Dixie Bible. What Dewey is doing is he is looking at the Septuagint. He's looking at as best he can, and he's trying to make sense of the King James to how they, you know, he, he's complained quite a bit that you know, King James translates one thing different, be it Adam, be it you know, living, you know, living soul, be it anything here. And what, what Dewey will do is that he will take the King James or the King Jimmy, he'll take the concordance, and he will puzzle out how he wants to do that. Now, how is Dewey doing this here? Well, what Dewey is doing is that he is studying. You know, he gets up around, oh, different hours of the day, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. He goes, he goes to bed around, oh, whenever, and he gets up around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. He will translate for his Dixie Bible a chapter or so at a time, and he will then cover it for his Saturday show. Now, that is Dewey actually translating it as Dewey sees best. You think, go ahead and translate the whole thing? I remember chewing on his ass and saying, well, why'd you translate it restoration? Restoration is a political term. Resurrection is a religious term. Frank still got it that way, but he had to Change it. He claimed that some monk had changed it in 900 A.D. Alcoon of York. Well, no, I don't think he did any such thing. Frank, Frank doesn't have a reason for that. Trader Glenn Miller, you go ahead and read his book like I did. You go ahead and look at his post. Two totally different writers. Andre the Nigger, look at what he supposedly writes. And then look at what he writes in the comment section. Two totally different people. Andre the nigger isn't writing this shit. Sometimes I wonder if old Cunt Hair Walrus is writing his shit. I can tell Cunt Hair Walrus stuff here. I mean, this latest stuff. Well, Cunt Hair is writing here. Why, it looks like, well, I think one of those Jews is writing that. Folks, anybody, anybody who writes anything has a distinctive voice. And it's not going to be a totally different voice writing an article and then putting something up in the comment section. Now, I understand what, you know, Cousin Randy Turner's writing. It's not, it's new. I mean, essentially, his comments are not, you know, are shorter, but the same person writing, you know, who does the main article. So what happens when you see their major work, you know, totally different than what they actually write here? I mean, folks, I, people, you say, oh, Fink's quite a scholar. Well, I go ahead and look. He has five articles. Five articles based upon what he wrote when he was in prison. Broken cisterns, you know, the Phoenicians or Israelites. That don't make sense. That's not true. You know, 
what he does is that he reads Wikipedia articles. He reads some book that he finds from somebody who's dead, and the copyright is gone. That's what he write, reads. I doubt think understands you know the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I doubt he understands Gilgamesh, but hey, he got a free copy of Gilgamesh, so he's reading about Gilgamesh. But how Moses, when Moses, of course, knew all about Gilgamesh, and why I'm Gilgamesh ain't quite can, but maybe he ought to bet. That's what you know. That's what Fink was saying. What about two, three years ago? Go and look. Go ahead and look what's actually written, and then see what is newly being written. You can tell. You know, you can tell what Linda writes. Linda just writes spintros, and the better ones were by this guy named uh, Chuck Pearson. Okay. <laughs> anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead and take another break. Come on, I've been yakking. I've been yakking for 25 minutes. It's about time for another break. And we will be back. Hail victory.
Okay, we're back. I I put in the uh I put in the link to uh Charles Samuelson's homestead uh at the Beaver Creek State Park. Uh, I think it was around oh the seventies or so when essentially the people who had who had gotten the homestead I think it was one of the Swensons or the Spensons or it may have been the Ericsons, I forget which, but they decided that, uh, hey, uh, rather than fight about it, you know, their branch of family was dying off anyway, but they would give it to the state park. They would get to keep it as long as they were still alive, and then we'd go to the, uh, go to the state park. And what they, what they do is that the Samuelsons and Swensons and Swensons and Ericsons, the ones that are still alive, you know, mom's you know, mom's first and second cousins. There are a bunch of old, there are a bunch of old farts here. One or two is sort of interesting, but anyway, they go, they go out. Uh, what is it, the Sunday after Labor Day? And what they do is that they bring in all these steam-powered, you know, your 1925 cases, your your original threshing machines here, they have sitting around. And what they do is that they have about maybe five or ten acres of oats or wheat or barley or whatever. And they, you know, essentially they do go ahead. And mainly it's not so much mule-powered or anything like that. or ox, you know, I don't know if anybody even has trained oxen anymore. That's pretty well something which has pretty well been lost here. Uh, even in your homesteader. I mean, essentially in your homesteader, they will have probably like 1944 John A., you know, John Deere tractors or something like that here. And what they, you know, you know some of them will have, you know, 1925 cases or, you know, steam-powered cases or something like that. And they will have, you know, they'll run it with a belt and they'll run a threshing machine. And what they will do is that they will store it, and sometimes they'll have, oh, some horses or whatever, mules, whatever, hooked up to a thing, and they will they will thresh these sheaves that they you know that they cut and made here, you know, at that. And they they have, you know, they have what the Sunday after Labor Day, they you know they don't they don't plant very much, or they just plant maybe five acres or something like that you know, in some sort of grain. Now, usually not corn, but usually either in wheat, sometimes in oats, because folks, people did raise oats here. Uh, the Scots were the ones who really liked eating the oats. You know what I mean? The milled oats. You know, uh, you know, pretty well what the oats was for the horse, you know, mainly for the horses uh, and the mules who would pull, would, you know, provide the traction, you know, the tractor, traction power at all, and what happens to pe- people would eat the wheat and the barley. Sometimes they'd eat the oats too. But anyway, they would. You know, I remember one time they they had a. Uh, you know, I went ahead and walked. Went ahead and walked the, uh, you know, the acreage. You know, essentially, you know, a Beaver Creek was sort of at the bottom. You know, at the bottom, essentially, uh, Charles Samuelson's. Uh, you know, Charles Samuelson's house here. Now, they were still bitching. Uh, I gathered Charles when he got the money. You know, and he, he, I mean, all the Samuelsons made you know, a good deal of money. I mean, he, he was a go-getter. 
he's bringing in, he's bringing on all of his relatives here, and he's marrying his second cousin, you know, from a village in Helsingborg, around Helsingborg in Scania. And, uh, you know, one of them was telling my sister, well, that's why we're a little bit messed up, because Charles married his second cousin. I don't see why. Well, that's a big deal. But in any case, you know, he brought over well, some of them, some of them, anglicized their names a little bit like the Swensons, and some, you know, went whole hog. I mean, Charles went whole hog. You know, I believe he was born Carl Svensson. You know, some of them didn't anglicize it at all. You know what I mean? The Savensons didn't bother to anglicize their name at all. And I don't know. You know, I don't know what. You know, I don't know if the Ericsons were spelled Eric S E N or S O N or whatever. You know, over in uh, you know Helsingborg or so, Helsingborg. But in any case, uh, you know that. You know that. You know, I said just go ahead and. Uh, show my great-grandfather's uh, homestead here. Now, it's one of the nicer homesteads, and what happens is that that, you know, that that was known for its pin oaks. Now, what happens, these were oak trees, which made wonderful lumber, and essentially that's what that, you know, that's what that log cabin was. It was oak logs here. Later on, he got some money. He added a second story. He expanded it some, and what happens is he covered he covered the oak logs with you know rough with rough uh, you know with rough cut uh, you know lumber. Maybe it may, it may have been pin oak, but essentially it was it was rough sawn. And what they would do is that they would oh get some lime wash or whatever, and they would usually. You know, paint their you know paint their houses you know white, you know from lime wash, and they would go ahead and paint their barns, you know with red you know with red paint here. I mean that was just the way it was done here. So anyway, uh, you know, and we were, I was just sort of saying that old that old Charles would have had a fit here them tearing that you know that you know that rough sum they paid good money for here in order to show the damn cabins here. I mean you made the cabin. You made the cabin for the house here. Now this was, this was, you know, this was at Beaver Creek. This was lush. This was a, this was a nice homestead out as I've ever seen here. 160 acres on one side, 160 acres on the other side here. You know, on this, you know, it had running water, and it was, you know, good to go. Now later on, his children, why, you know, Charles is buried at Pierce Cemetery here. He died in what 1927. So what, 1963? Shit, he'd have been even 70 or 80 when he died here. In any case, uh, so anyway, I, you know, I decided to go ahead and put in that link to my uh, great-grandfather Charles Samuelson's uh, homestead here. You can go ahead and see essentially what he put up, you know, in 1864 before, you know, before he... Uh, Okay, he was drafted in 1863. So he would have been mustered out in 1865. So essentially, he probably put that up in 1865 or 1866. You know what you see there? That's the original. That's the original log cabin. You know, I mean, they took they took off. Used to have more about him or something like that. So anyway. Uh, 
Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening to anything I have to say. Oh, well. Utahs. Utahs have more fun, you know, yapping stupid shit to each other, you know, <laughs> and derogatory to me than you do actually listening to what I have to say. And I'm going to have to live with it here. Uh, I think the only one who actually listens to me is Mona, you know, Poopy Dog, and Papa Cat. But Papa Cat is less respectful. So, <laughs> all righty here. Ah, heck, where am I at here? No, Poopy Dog is not. No one calls in Turdy anymore. Well, sometimes I do. I was sort of hoping the old Queef would call in, but he doesn't want to. You know. Anyway. I need to I need to try to see if I can't get Brian Rio and his daddy, you know, sent to prison for essentially lying to a federal US magistrate judge. And that's what I need to do. But you know, hey, last week I was well Last week, what I was doing is that, uh, well, around this time, I was mostly staying up and writing my, you know, finishing off my rule. No, no, that was Wednesday or Tuesday. Okay, Tuesday was. It was a weekend day or so. Ago. so last week, I went ahead and did my rule, you know, rule, uh, what? Rule 50, you know, 59E. I'd already got it out Thursday afternoon, Thursday morning, something like that. Okay, that was when, you know, oh, I was tired because I got done around, you know, before noon, I sent it out. And last week was Roxy's brother's funeral here. So that's what I was doing. And folks, it turned nice today here. It, you know, instead of being, instead of being 97, it was, what, only about 85 degrees today. It was real nice. Okay, let's see. You need a new TARD here. Well, uh, guess 20, 16, 30, if you want to volunteer to be my side TARD. You know, maybe I can get old Queef to be my side TARD. Maybe he'll dump. Maybe he'll dump Rabbi. Thank you. <laughs> okay, but then again, I mean, if Truth Militia wants to get some good math or some good nigger weed, why, hey, you know, y'all stick, y'all go with the pisser possum here. Piss me, I mean, shit, look. Yeah. <laughs> if you want the best Talmudism, you need to go with Rabbi Eliar. Yeah, essentially, you want the, you know, the best, you know, mongrel mangina, you need to go with Rabbi Fink. If you want to score the best nigger weed and math here, you need to go with the pitcher possum. You know, if you want to score the best old heifers that are lined up at a Walmart, Sepulpa, Oklahoma, you need to go with, uh, you know, with old Dickstrom here, Wick the Dick. So let's see. So what do you, you know, so what do you, you know, so what do you hang around me for? Well, folks, with me. What you get is advice to, oh, stock up on canned food and shotgun shells <laughs> and stay out of the bowel movement. That's what you get with me. All right? Indeed. <laughs> okay. Let's see. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, look at the tards here. <laughs> Go to the best Eskimos. <laughs> I don't know why they think Roxy is an Eskimo. She doesn't like cold. She don't like cold weather here. Anyway. I'm the jackpack here. Oh, is he is he with is he with Rabbi Dan? Well, yeah, maybe he's bringing his dollars. How's that? All right, folks. Let's get back to what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the alternate right here, which I thought is the best one about the the clueless cucks clan. By this Dun Scotus. Let me go ahead so you can look, because this guy is actually making some bit of sense. By Dun Scotus. I don't know who the hell this character is. They they have it's sort of like F A E M. They have a number of people who are oh writing and talking to each other. I think that's a name here. Probably he's trying to say he's a Scotlander or something like that here. So they have a number of people writing. They have a Oh, I don't altogether trust the altrightblogspot.com. But the clueless Ku Klux Klan here. In recent days, the conservative meme seems to have taken off, spreading from the covens and the enclaves of the alternative right to the underbelly of the mainstream media. Folks, at the Washington Post. And you have Breibart, you have Little Red Footballs, or Red State, and you have, what the hell, the other McCain, and they're being insulted. Yeah, it's working. They don't like being called conservatives. Essentially, they don't like being compared. You know, it's a vulgar, you know, it is a vulgar, but I think it's an accurate term. But what exactly in the conservative mentality, you know, it can be defeated simply by the dissemination of a powerful pawn and meme. Folks, nothing really can be destroyed just by words. But moving on. To answer these questions, necessary to look more closely at the workings of basic conservative slash conservative mentality. These are, these are, there are several important factors to consider. These incur, include white, non-white asymmetry, the internal and external nature of the threat to whites, False threat consciousness and tendency to externalize enemies. Christianity is facilitating medium. Now he doesn't like he doesn't like Christianity. And folks, maybe he's right. The guy says there's what three hundred thousand different sects. If you want to say not all of them can be right, well, guess what? You know, not, not all of them can be wrong, well, guess what? Not all of them certainly can be right. So he's, he makes the first point to make is that America, as well as the greatest, greater West, exhibits a strongly 
asymmetric character by which I mean even though whites are courting their own ultimate destruction, they remain in a position of near total dominance. And he's right. That's why you have people said we gotta wake people up and once we wake people up why things will be better. Well no. I think a lot of people they know dang well things are going badly. But they're too chicken shit to do anything about it. It was obvious that if whites had attained true consciousness, or in other words, woke up, there would be no threat to their existence. This would pertain even if they were reduced to 25% of the population in their own homelands. Inherent white characteristics, such as courage, physical strength, altruism, honesty, IQ, innovation, organizational ability, self-sacrifice, ensure that whites are a naturally dominant group, especially in clear-cut conflict situations. And he's right. Hell, the niggers, you know, the niggers, why they realize that. The Jews sometimes realize that. To the nigger, the white man is a sort of a sorcerer. No telling what he's going to do next. Whatever he does next, he's going to go ahead and kill nigger. Now, you know, nigger doesn't seem to realize is that guess what? You're fighting with the only people stupid enough to feed your worthless black ass. Vice can see, you know, I mean, you know, you have these people, oh no, we gotta support Trump, not Jeb Bush against Hillary. I was reading I was reading Monday, I was reading this uh, thing by this Jew named James Kunstler. I, I do read him. He was talking well, the same thing Harold Cumpton is, is that nobody wants this bitch Hillary. Hell, the Democrats don't want this bitch Hillary. Republicans certainly don't, but hell, the Democrats don't even want that bitch Hillary. Hell, George Soros didn't want that bitch Hillary. He went ahead and found him a yellow, high yellow nigger faggot who may or may not be an American citizen. You know, I, the more I think of it, I, I think that old uh, old Obongo was the spawn of a nigger named Frank Davis, you know, the Kaika's mother. But you have this person he's writing is that, you know, about consciousness. And that's true. But folks, let me just tell you what I think that, you know, the white nationalist, the white nationalist bowel movement should be saying. What they should be writing. That's why I had a problem with Cunt here Walrus. Essentially, I said, look, you know, look, look, Cutter. William Butler Yates never, never apologized for the excesses of the you know, Irish Republican Army. William Butler Yates, he lived, when he lived, and occasionally, he, you know, they said that he would have little wooden sword fights with Ezra Pound. But folks, William Butler Yates didn't apologize for what the Irish felt they had to do in order to drive the British out. And that included shooting policemen, the Royal Irish Constabulary. You're right in front of their kids and their wives. They had to do what they had to do, and they had to take care of their traitors first. And going on, this character says, this Scottish Dunnist or whatever, 
American blacks, Hispanics, Asians, and Jews, even if they were strongly united, would not last the proverbial five minutes in an open conflict with whites. Even with negative demographic trends, this would remain the situation for the foreseeable future, and well past the point with which whites become a minority in their main homelands. I have pointed out many times is that I think this key to winning the Civil War is to kill. And I believe that what any white nationalist or Christian identity writer or intellectual should do is he should advocate violence. He should advocate killing. He should advocate, you know, doing, you know, what needs to be done. That's why I will never, ever denounce Dylan Roof. That's what, you know, got, you know, that's what got old cut hair walrus. He's pissing him on because it's Dylan Roof. He reads this bullshit from the losers of the South and the Council of Conservative Citizens. He writes a little manifesto, and guess what? Don Black gets an FBI call. I mean, look, Don Black should say, hey, look, I, you know, I don't keep too big a track of, well, making sure that Hell Covington and you know, Martin Linstead and a few other sock puppets and people I don't like don't get on. I mean, hey, I don't, you know, I mean, there was this, you know, little Pollock kid named Poplowski who used to be on Stormfront, and then within 30 seconds, he went in and killed three pigs. He was a member of Stormfront. Maybe Dylan Roof was one, too. I don't know. I have, what, 10, 20,000, 40,000, 50,000 people sign up? I don't think this Dylan Roof had any money to give me $60 a month here, but hey, if he did, he did. If you know more about than I do, that's fine, but, you know, hey. But then again, Don Black ain't going to say that because Don Black is running a Zogball strut, and you got to know that. Folks, if white people decide not to even work for Zog, not even pay taxes, not even bother sending their children to school. So they just said, fuck you. We're not going to do any of the stupid shit you want us to do. Guess what? Zog Babylon fall apart. You have these parasites. They believe that they are winning. Well, no, they're not winning. Well, they are winning in that they... You know, I'm not asking for people to be united. I'm just simply asking for more chaos. But he's right. But this being said, whites are slowly but surely losing their position of dominance and simple projections point to their ultimate extinction. He's right. This combination of existential threat and the feebleness of rival groups creates a paradoxical situation with regard to who our real enemies are. I pointed out is that you have this Jew economist named Paul Krugman. I call him Paul Krugmanzer. He's pointing out, well, guess what? What happens when the whites are in a minority, but they all of a sudden men radicalize? What are we going to do? What are you going to do, Jew boy? I mean, shit, Jews aren't able to create a, a functioning economy. That's why the Jew, you know, the Jew bandit shitty state of Khazaristan on the, you know, on the Jordan, 
requires American taxpayer money and requires military strength here. Last week, there were white-like pussies about whether or not you know, we, we ought to go ahead and agree with this Iran thing that old Bongo signed up. Well, old Bongo might be, a, you know, in addition to a high yellow, you know, nigger faggot, while he might be educated, educated in a madrasery in, you know, Indonesia here. He might be a secret Muslim. He can't get along with Benjamin Netanyahu. You know, wah, wah, wah. Well, folks, understand this. Well, hey, if Zog Babylon can't whip a nation of, what, 25 million, nine time zones away here with 10,000 professional goat herders and part-time freedom fighters, if Zog Babylon can't whoop a nation of 30,000 ragheads with 15,000 part-time goat herders and, you know, well, no, full-time goat herders and part-time terrorists. What the hell do you think is going to happen against a nation, 90 million more educated ragheads who have some ability to essentially make the equivalent of a Pershing One missile, albeit 30 years after you know after it's already been done, whose land area is five times or three times the size, two and a half times the size of the other one. How in the hell is that going to be possible? You might ask that faggot Lindsey Graham. Hey, guess what? You you know you cuck served the faggot Lindsey Graham. Uh, when are you gonna go ahead and you know take an M4 carbine here and go fight the uh, Iranians? Hmm? What are you gonna do? How are you gonna win any such war when you could, we couldn't win a war against countries which were what several magnitudes smaller? In the place we're going to fight. Now, if you want to talk about sanctions winning, well, guess what? Korea, North Korea had planned sanctions, but guess what? They ended up having several nuclear weapons now, didn't they? And they still have them. By their raw competitive interests, non-whites are ultimate enemies, but in their present feebleness, they are an ill-matched for latent white power. Our only possible enemies of the present for the foreseeable future are, one, other Uyghurs who follow explicitly anti-white creeds, i.e. liberals, and two, other whites who fail to recognize and assert white interests, i.e. conservatives. He's right. The threat to whites is essentially an internal one. They exist in the vast numbers of whites who remain committed to an artificial systems of belief that deny or obscure their interests and which prevent them from protecting them. Folks, we have a Uyghur problem, is what he's saying. I don't really care what's in the Uyghur's head. Not when it's possible to scramble that Uyghur's head with a 9mm bullet to the back of it. That's what's going to have to be done. And he says, it was seen that from this unsatisfactory state of affairs, it would be comparatively easy process to cure the conservative by pointing out the salient facts, but that's not the case. 
That's because the conservative is emotionally unable to face up the fact he is a problem that the real enemy is himself. And that's true. There's a picture of Beaner that says the GOP's plan for political dominance. But folks, he said the alt-rightist is someone who's pure, you know, cured himself of unclean inner contradiction, faith moralities, who's eliminated the internal enemy. That's true. You got to fix yourself first before you're going to be worth a shit. Folks, I know full well that I'm not going to win over the Jew. I know full well that I'm not going to win over the Mamzer. I know full well I'm not going to win over the Wicker. Reality will. Like I was ta- telling old Uncle Tom Zogpig Bowie. Did you ever hear around the time of Vietnam by hearts and minds? And the answer is that when you have them by the balls, their hearts and minds will soon follow. So anyway, this alt-rightist is comparing the old-rightist. He's defined by a sense of complacency, unjust, right off. The deep inner contradictions come from internalizing toxic value system of liberals or leftists. He says his instincts are to embrace, not polarize. He's somewhat right. You know, critters like Cuntier Walrus, he doesn't want to have conflict. Me, I have no problem with conflict. Look, sometimes I think that me and that Jew lender and me and that Jew fake understand each other better than Brad Griffin is able to understand me. Because Brad... He's yapping about morality. It's immoral to have some young white kid who reads my bullshit writing a manifesto and gunning down nine niggers in a nigger church. Me, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with Dylan Rip did. I would prefer if he'd been able to make his escape, but that wasn't in the, you know, that was in the works. Folks, let me just tell you what this Dylan Rook did. He was not a coward. He was not a coward. Anybody who says Dylan Rook's a coward is sort of like is sort of like one well, of these Jews, these you know uh, what neo coons who yap about how suicide bombers who blow up themselves and as many Jews as they can over in uh, over in. Uh, Jerusalem or Tel Aviv, why, they're cowards. Some Zog, some Zog ass clown in a drone who goes ahead and butchers out, what, 20 ragheads in Pakistan, you know, with a drone, isn't a coward. Well, I know he's a brave hero. But since there's some Palestinian with nothing but a suicide vest who goes ahead and does his best to kill a Jew or two, why, he's a coward. You fucking idiots. So anyway, you get over your notion here that niggers are human beings, that gooks are human beings, that beaners are human beings, and somehow they're they're little wiggers in a yellow or nigger suit or beaner suit or Jew suit. They're little wiggers inside a little bee suit, and they're just dying to give up. They're just dying to be just like us. 
You fucking idiots. So, he goes ahead and he blames Christianity. Well, folks, if you want to blame Christianity, that's fine. So, he goes on, and I'm reading this, and I'm disagreeing with some of it. And then he finishes up here. Folks, uh, let's see. Or even a psyop. So, see an emanation from the left here. I mean, folks... You have you have Quiggers. They don't realize that their biggest enemy is Quiggers. We're going to have to go ahead and kill off. The way you're going to have to kill off is first your internal Quigger. You're going to have to go ahead and destroy your internal Quigger. You're going to have to realize that the bullshit you've been taught more than likely is, well, it's pretty well all just shit. The first Quigger you're going to have to kill is yourself. You're going to have to go ahead and destroy your internal wigger before you will be able to do anything else or anyone else. My other issue was. Okay, here. Yes, well, it looks like a few tards have left here. Oh, hell, at least Queef is still with me. Poopy dog, Papa Cat, Mona Montgomery. You have to kill, you know, <laughs> you kill your... <laughs> 20's bad total card here. Let's see here. No, <laughs> okay, well, do not kill people. Well, all right, I agree. You know, don't kill people unless they're, well... Sending wiggers. In which case, you know, they're like the tribe of Benjamin here. You treat them like Canaanites. You know, <laughs> you know, Mona, I don't, you know, Mona, I don't, I don't think of niggers as people. I don't think of beaners as people. I don't think of Jews as people. So, uh, yeah. So, in any case, here, <laughs> kill your, you know, yeah, this is up the real queen, you idiot. <laughs> Maybe it ain't here. Maybe it ain't. Destroy your internal man's here. Give them birth control. Yes, I remember. Mona Mona just thinks that you know, here are these here are these niggers. They're you know, they're just they're just dying to wear rubber. You know, just, you know I mean it, you know, here's Mona. She's living in California. <laughs> Here is a nigger rapist in the door, you know, entering the door. <laughs> nigger rapist kicks in the door, wants to go ahead and give Mona, well, his idea of a fine time. Mona says, oh, you ain't going to rape me, are you? He says, nah. Well, he says, uh, not badly at first here. <laughs> Here's Mona. Here's Mona. She's going ahead. She's she's running around in the. She's going ahead at the back of the, you know, the dresser drawer, digging out a condom. Who, essentially, his manufacturing date was 
right around the tail end of the Johnson administration. <laughs> what happens is that it's dry rotted, of course. <laughs> here, here, Sambo, put this on your black steak first before you rape me. <laughs> and you can't figure out how to understand how why Sambo is not interested in rolling up something which uh you know, it may have been white it may have been white when it is, but essentially it's about dark it's about dark brown here. You know, I mean, you know, maybe the oxygen has come in there and made it all brittle here. But uh, heck, it, it may or may not have been lube here when it was manufactured around the tail end of the Johnson administration. You know, I, we're not talking. We're, we're, you know, and folks, we're talking about LBJ. You know, not uh, Andrew. You know, Andrew uh, Johnson. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. In which case, it would be. It might be a sheep. It might be a sheep's gut, which would essentially long been gone here. And Mona, if you want to, if you want to, yeah, if you want to go ahead and hope, you know, have high hopes here. That's fine here. Okay. Let me see. You know, please use a condom. <laughs> oh heck, I hope I didn't insult Mona here. I like Mona, but Mona, I mean a, you know a, uh, you know I mean essentially a a condom which was made manufactured in nineteen in 1967 with an expiration date of January 21st, 1969, uh, isn't going to stop a determined nigger rapist. Okay? So, anyway. Uh, well, you can ask Simona. Okay? Anyway. <laughs> yuck, yuck. Oh, Okay, here. I'm looking at that here. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. You know, I don't go to any truck stops anymore. Now I don't. See. No, I mean, <laughs> I haven't bought me a condom for damn near 30 years here. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how much it costs. I, I, I went I went to uh, the Walmart, oh, early spring, and Roxy wanted some of her dope here, and there was some little huegras. You knew she was probably 16 or 17. And she had a beaner boyfriend, and they were rummaging around around the Trojan department here. You know. And I sort of keep an eye on her, so she sort of sort of blushed here because she knew she knew it was that what the hell are you do with this damn beaner? By you know, around the Trojan aisle here. Not you know, not you know, I mean, what do you do? What do you do? If you have some, you have some stupid huigras, and she's running around with a damn beaner. Do you discourage her from fucking the beaner with a condom, or do you encourage her to fuck the beaner with a condom? 
You know, there could be a there could be a point made for either for either uh, <laughs> for either uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's see how long I'm reacting here. Forty minutes. I'm gonna go ahead and take another break, and we will you know we will be back in about five minutes, and this will be the uh, oh we'll. I mean, shoot. This show's already gone on for about, what, two and a half hours? Uh, We'll just have a three-hour show tonight unless somebody calls in and rescues it. And, uh, you know, guess 30, if you want to make an accusation, you may. So anyway, we'll be back in a little bit. Hail victory.
Okay, we are back. We are back for the last section of the movement turd. Uh, <laughs> Mona was telling me she she had originally said offer a rapist a nigger rapist a condom, and then we were talking about what shape the condoms would be in Mona's house here, and she said she doesn't have any. You know, she doesn't have any condoms, but she I guess she does have a pistol, and she has a dog named Freddy, which is, I guess, well, hell, probably better than condoms here. Who knows? In any case, here. <laughs> uh, heck, uh, let's see here. Maybe there, maybe old, maybe old Jeremy showed up here. He sounds a lot like him, though. I mean, he's a, he is, you know, he is rather a, uh, He's rather, sometimes he's just simply a rather uppity red nigger here. Uh, sometimes, uh, Jeremy, uh, I really, I really don't mind you that much, Jeremy. I mean, you are, of course, you're a red nigger tard. But hey, other than that, why, hey, uh, haven't I defended you against the Finkelsheeny? You know what I mean? Haven't I sort of taken your part when Obagenda Bender turned on you? You know, I mean, I really have here. So, uh, let's see here. Hmm. Okay. Freddy pulls a gun. Uh, plus, a gun's a good Negro repellent. Well, I hope so. I hope so, Mona. You know, but, you know, I mean, heck. But if you're going to offer a, you're going to offer a condom to a Negro rapist here, I mean, you know, by definition, you need to have a condom. You, know, you have a condom to offer a nigger rapist. You know, that just makes sense to me here. Uh, generally, you know, generally, <laughs> I got a poopy dog here who, you know, would probably go, you know, jump on, uh, you, know, uh, you know, essentially sink his little smiley teeth into the nutsack of a nigger rapist. You know, that would sort of, that would sort of you know, drive away the mood. But uh, heck, you know, I don't know if there's a condom. I don't know if there's a condom here at the seminary or not here. You know, although with a name like seminary, you would think there might be, but no, there ain't here. You know, I mean, ever since uh, Roxy's brother Floyd, you know, who used to have this, uh, used to have a girlfriend who had AIDS and hepatitis here, and maybe he kept a few condoms uh, lying around here. You know, who knows here? I don't think I don't know if there's ever even been a condom in here at the seminary. Uh, but in any case, where was I? Where was I? Uh, let me see. If Mona's going to call in, that would be nice here. That would be nice if Old Queef would call in. That'd be nice. Hell, why you Nimbuster Tars would call in? That's going to be nice. But if you don't, you don't. I'm going to live with it here. This is going to be the last section of the turtle unless somebody rescues this chat. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Where am I at here? No one calls in? Well, some people call in. Yes, 40. You just, you just ain't very nice. Of course, Nimbus Tards ain't very nice either. So where was I? You have a few people who see a little bit of stuff here, but I believe that the the purpose of any quote white nationalist or Christian identity should be 
to say the truth, and the truth is, is that the only thing that's going to save the quote white race. Uh, hell. Uh, let's just have a quick one here. Cards who beg for the show to be shut down will be shut down. All right. Call in, salty clown. I ain't going to call in. Probably a little less retarded here. Ah, dang it. That was one tough cockroach. Ah, get him, get him, get him. All right. Squish now. Squish now. And is here. Last show, the movement turned. I doubt it. I greatly doubt it. We're going to have 400 of about, we're going to have officially uh, 300 of 700 or so or more. So where am I at here? I am a Nimbuster. Well, that's good. Where am I at here? Folks, the purpose of anyone who's serious about white nationalism or CI ministry needs to be saying is that, hey, you're doing the best to write up a permission slip for people whenever they have enough to go ahead and do whatever the hell they want to. I would like Mr. Dylan Roof to know that there is somebody who is on his side, who, why didn't say, go ahead and shoot niggers, is that, hey, you've already shot dead nine niggers. They're not human beings. You did right. You might have not done well for yourself because pretty well your life was over You know, when you finish shooting down these niggers, and essentially it was definitely over, your life was a free man or a free kid, it was over 13 hours later when you got pulled out of your car by the pig life and essentially handcuffed and now put in the cell next to the wop pig who went ahead and tasered and killed that nigger a month before. Your life is over. For all practical purposes, unless Zog Babylon implodes and you're not murdered as one of the last acts here of a decaying regime. Oh, by the way, by the way, uh, someone was yapping about how tomorrow Windows 10 is coming up. Well, guess what? Windows or Microshaft is already telling people that if you sign up for the free Windows 10, they are going to give your Wi-Fi password to your friends and somebody, you know, other people. They're going to know what it is, and so you don't know who else is going to have it. Microsoft does not give a shit about. Security and certainly not about the security of your data. That's why it's a good idea to buy a large hard drive or two at least once a week. Download, download a backup, more essentially a backup. I don't back, I don't back up all these freaking pro- programs. 
I do a full backup once a month here, unless old nigger lips Brian Reels causing trouble, in which case it's once a week. But since I do back up, you know, pretty well my forum once a week, at least, unless nigger lips is acting up. You know, old, old uh, Bear Fink, a.k.a. Merle, Merle, whatever his name, Merle, whatever, of the red sodomist to eat of my camel. Was pissing the most, so I went ahead and did a backup, and well, I took I took down his little precious little red camel symbol. What you want to do is after you back up here, you know, since Microsoft is spying on you, is that when you get done doing that? I mean, it's good to pull the USB plug out. Oh, speaking of which, I got a. I went ahead on the 15th, and I bought me a brand-new Kindle 7. Now, it's the third or fourth generation. I have an original Kindle Fire, the first one, I bought in January 2012. And folks, the still thing works just fine here, but they were selling it, you know, they were selling it for about, oh, $30 less here, you know, on J- July 15th, which was our t- 20th anniversary. So I bought me another Kindle Fire, and it's oh, it's it's slick. I'll grant you. It got a camera, which I ain't gonna mess with. It got a few other things here, and it cost me it cost me what oh seventy or eighty dollars, I forget which. It's it's the one which has sixteen gigabytes in it. So anyway, um, you know, do I approve? Do I approve white men killing niggers? Uh, yeah. I don't believe. I don't believe like country or walrus is that somehow they're going to magically become good niggers and pick cotton on the Griffin farm here. Now, if there was a way, I call it racial federalism. There was a way that essentially. You can move all the niggers to lowland Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi and essentially let the niggers spend for themselves. I, I could go for that. But essentially, niggers do not belong in a white society because you have, you know, you know, Peter, you can't stop Peter Duncan. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with Dylan Roof gunning down nine niggers. That's what got me banned from Cut Hair Walruses. Uh, you know, accidental dipshit. I went ahead and compared them nine niggers to nine or ten cockroaches which drowned in my toilet bowl which I flushed down. And he whined like a pussy about that. You know, he, plus he's going to ask some out some Jews here. Folks, if you're, if you're going to go ahead and think of niggers as human beings, if you're going to go ahead and think of beaners as human beings, if you're going to think of Jews as human beings, Essentially, you are become the slave of the niggers, the beaters, and the Jews. I don't think of them as human beings. I think of them as dangerous animals who do not belong in white society. If they are in white society, I believe that essentially you ought to gun down Quakers who support niggers and beaners and Jews living among us. You need to destroy the traitors first. So, yeah, I've answered your question, haven't I? 
You want to advocate violence? Oh, hell no. You will get in trouble if you go ahead and say something like, I believe, I believe is that you see that Jew boy? You see that Jew boy on the city council? I believe you ought to whip out a red, you know, a wet noodle and you know lash his, you know, kike snout six hundred sixty-six times right now. You get in trouble for that. Go ahead and say this is shit. We ought to go ahead and have a second real Holocaust and essentially exterminate all these fucking Jews, except for the good Jews here. We'll even feel them to be capos here. No big deal. You get in trouble for advocating killing one particular individual at a particular time, at a particular place. You don't get in trouble for advocating millions and millions and millions of Wiggers, Mamsers, Jews, and Muds die. You know, essentially, that, that is your political policy here. Now, folks, you go ahead and you look at how degenerate Wiggers are and their Wigger politicians. Why, hey, you, you realize that Paul Pot and Mao Zedong and Joseph Stalin and Adolf Hitler had a point. Okay? So, Jews are never a problem. Well, if that's what you think, well, Celtic Brawny is a Nimbus or Tardew. Okay? <laughs> perp. Short for perpetrator. I mean, a perp, you know, I mean, in the Chuck Langenberg, who I think was a Jew boy, and screwed up at that. And Slopsima Femna, aka Michelle, you know, you you had the TI, you had the TI, you had the TI, you know, uh, you know, what, you know, world here. Perps stalk TIs. TIs run away from you know from perps, but no TI is really a good TI unless he has a good perp. I mean, if you if you were a TI and you don't have a good, you know, alpha perp, why you ain't shit as far as being an alpha TI. See what happens is that <laughs> in the TI perp world, you have to have, you know, you can't be an out. You can't, you know, there would there be no, there be no TIs if it wasn't for us perps. You know, I, I don't know if you ever heard this uh, country western song. There'd be no truck drivers if there wasn't for a structure. There'd be no T-I-T-I tars if it wasn't for us perps. No. <laughs> no, you know, total psychotic, paranoid twerps. There'd be no T-I's if it wasn't for us perps. George, have a digger. No internet for Chode here. 
I have no idea. I don't really pay attention to any ball. You know, if the nigger can play with it, I'm not going to mess with it here. No, oh, I heard that old Toad or somebody, Todd Dottery, I heard he got in trouble. He's on the internet. Okay, news, news fools. <laughs> There'd be no TIs if it wasn't for us, perps. Oh, Nimbusters. Nimbusters, too, ain't. You know, it ain't even pimp on the ass of the original Nimbusters, is it? It just ain't really a pimple on the ass. This is the first time in, what, two, three months I've been over Nimbusters. It's right. Hate and Flame at 88, hate and flame 88 at yahoo.com. Lloyd won special mail. No internet for Toad. Okay, something chinkies. <laughs> My chase socks, they don't even ride break and barely read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, shoot. I don't think they even have anything about me. You know, I shut this place down and whatever. <laughs> oh hell! I mean, shoot. This first time I've been over at Nimbusters too. Pretty pathetic. Okay, Lord. Shoot. It's just it's just sort of pathetic how you know, Nimbus was pretty pathetic to begin with, but it's gotten even more it's gotten pathetic in its pathetic you know, patheticology. How's that? My project, okay. Ammonians? <laughs> okay. I'm done with those still, but it's being posted. Okay. Mm. Well. Mm. Well, I went over to Nimbusters. Nothing there. The place is dead, really. A lot of these bulletin board systems are pretty well dying. And then the ones that are left here, why, they're not even worth reading in most cases here. Let's see. Juice Kike here. The new face of hate. Yeah, I see Matt here. Old Matt Scheinbach here. By the way, old Codney, old Codney is certainly, Codney Martin is pretty well just died off here too, here. The kike perspective. 
I'm going to go ahead and close that because I don't want to see the kite perspective. I'm sure he does here. Anyway, I don't think anybody's going to go ahead and call in. Pretty well. Pretty well, the bowel movement is sort of quiet. Now, folks, in this next month here, Trader Glenn Miller is going to have this pathetic little trial. And he will run on for a little while, and the judge will silence him, and essentially he's going to be found guilty, of course. And that's going to be the end of that. Okay, I'm looking. I think, uh, I think that pretty much... Looks like I've been kicked off of uh, talks to you in the police chat. When you hear that little whoa, that means that something's gone wrong. There's going to be a senator? Yeah. Maybe he's running for senator here. You have a bunch of tards. You have a bunch of tards here in in southwest Missouri. They're running for governor, lieutenant governor, and whatever. Which is fine, I guess. That's what you want to do. That's that's what you want to do. Seven thirty-one here. Anyway, I, I I got I got in the uh, you know I was down watering my you know garden down around the hovel and across the street here, uh, and pretty well I came by and I seen the FedEx here so. Uh, I pretty well walked after the FedEx and picked up my Kindle Seven that I just bought. That I just bought here, and I'm looking at it. I'm going to you know, I'm going to go ahead and read most of my books off my old Kindle. What happens with the new Kindle? While well, I'll go ahead and look at movies or something like that here. By the way, by the way, Noah came out and I watched it here. But usually I watch it on uh, the computer or something like that. So. Anyway, come on, I'm having a I'm having a stop on my Windows Seven here, but Windows Ten is going to be better, and I'm not going to get Windows. I'm not going to load up Windows Ten. Stupid to load up Windows Ten. So let's see. Let's see if I've been kicked off of talks to you here. Let's go ahead and let's see. It looks like Mona left the tent. Okay, just stick with Windows 3.1. Folks, Windows 3.1, really the best Windows 3.1 was Windows 3.11, Windows for Workgroups. That was even better than Windows 3.1. And the best best word processing program had was Word 6 running on this Gold Star 386 SX20. With four megabyte of memory, four meg of memory, and with the original 40 megabyte hard drive, and essentially a 120 me- you know, megabyte Connor attached to it. A, you know, essentially a 14 inch monitor, you know, running Windows 3.1 atop DOS 5.0. And that was the best word processing program I ever had. Okay? 
Oh, okay. You're a star member of, yes, I am here. Thank you, Guest 41. That's true. Anyway, it looks like Mona left here. I'm going to go ahead. Is the endorsement listed? Sure. Why not? Why not? Why not? I mean, heck, even though he's a quarter, he's a quarter Jew boy, and he knows, you know, Kane knows that I always keep an eye on him, you know, be it, you know, you always keep an eye on a Jew here. Always keep an eye on a Jew because, he, you know, he has the bloodline of Satan. And, heck, uh, Kane, 25% Jew boy. You know, at least he's an honest Jew. I mean, think, think is a far more dangerous Jew. You know what I mean? I mean, you turn your back on him, and you know you, you might it might not end up well for you because hey, uh, you know usually usually you're safe here as long as you're not a five foot four Puerto Rican sneak thief who's due to get out. You're shackled here, you know. I mean, you know, think this one they had you know, didn't have any fear of him here. I mean. If you are unshackled and pretty well close to the same size as Bale Fink here, and essentially the Jew boy will look upon you as a Nazi, so I, I, I think I'm fairly safe from Rabbi Fink. But you know, Fink was yapping sometime. Oh, by the way, I come across this thread where Brian Rio was uh, threatened to go with Matt Twat talk about 853 miles from Cleveland to uh, Granby, Missouri. And old Victor Switzer, who ran off when uh, Brian Rio you know, snitched him out to the uh snitched him out to his uh fire captain from Pine Bluff, Arkansas Arkansas Fire Department and then later on later on why uh later on found out that he was a you know, his grandpa or his great grandpa was a full blood Choctaw Indian and essentially he wanted some of Victor Switzer's man pussy. Why yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> Brian Real, you know, used to talk real tough here, but he did talk real tough once I found out his real name and where he lived, because then he was scared of getting his ass whooped here. Now, when he could hide, and you didn't know Sword Brethren was—I called him Sword Man's at the time—didn't know he was Brian Real and where he lived in uh, Mentor, Ohio. Uh, hey, you know, he was—he was one tough—he was one tough. He—he he would threaten him and Frank would threaten to shove a spear in a 89-year-old Greek Mongol woman. Uh, head when she was in a wheelchair, but once that shit happened, old old nigger lips. He behaved himself a lot better. You know what I mean? He wasn't near as tough here. You know, Fink talks tough here, but you know, for Fink and Johnny Tonto and old nigger lips, just remember, I have I have three cordless Black and Decker drills, and essentially I have two always charged up. 100% charged up nickel cadmium battery packs. You know, in fact, I have really three of them. There's you know, three of them, four of them who are sort of charged up. Two of them are always charged up here. And one of them has a quarter-inch drill bit. So, hey, uh, you, know, yeah, you don't need to be coming to Granby, you know, Fagosini, uh, uh, Nigger Lips, or Johnny Tonto. You need to, you know, especially since, well, thinks the felon. Old Nigger Lips is a Mongol psycho, and Johnny Tonto's an Indian who has a domestic violence charge against him. You don't need to become, you know what I mean? You'll see me going to Emmett or Mentor 
or Panama City or you know any place else to essentially you know mess with you Mongols and Jew boys right up front. Okay, so no Cain is a twenty five percent Jew boy. So in any case, we're gonna go ahead. <laughs> We're going to go ahead for these mongrel heads. I don't know if it'd be a Mason bit here. I mean, shoot. You know, oh, heck, I, you know, one of them, I do have a Mason. I, yeah, well, let me see. I have a, uh, I have a, I have a Phillips screwdriver bit on one of them. I have one of them. It's a half inch within one of them spade bits for wood. You know, for wood. And then I got a quarter inch drill bit in the third one here. So hey, that's you know because you know, hey, I got a bunch of these drills cheap here, and they came with the batteries. So anyway, uh, Kirksville, yes, Kirksville. Well, Linder is one hundred percent you. Uh, he never he never talks about coming to see me, and I don't really come. I don't really talk about going to Kirksville. You know, they're made like little Jew boys, and and there's no factory. So anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. Looks like most of the tards went home, which is good. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and say hail victory. Back to 301. Been yakking off for what? Oh, 10, 11, 12, 1. Oh, this has been a three-hour show. So anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead and say hail victory. You know, uh, Mona, you know, I was hoping Mona would call in, but Mona went, you know, I mean, maybe Mona went and checked and see the condition, you know, of the... Of whatever condom she had, but you know, maybe she went to check her loads on her 38 pistol and beat her, uh, beat her puppy dog or poopy dog, Freddy. You know, my poopy dog's named Buddy, Buddy the poopy dog. But sometimes I call him Bell's the pup, and uh, Roxy's fat friend calls him Little Cujo. I don't know why. Uh, you know, he growls at me. Uh, last you know, yesterday morning. Little bastard got another flea bath. He wasn't thrilled about it, but you know he got it anyway. So uh, occasionally, when you when you go ahead and stir him up, he'll growl. He will growl at me. He will growl at me, uh, and he likes laying right next to my back here, right in the corner of my back. And folks, I you know I don't like. I don't care if it's a grandkid or a poopy dog. I don't like anything laying, you know, in the you know in the curve of my back. You know, now my granddaughter, she was a fat little thing here. She had a fat little butt here, so I didn't mind. But you know, even even that one, you know, even you know even you know even even little even little fat female one here, you know, I mean, shoot, you know, I mean, you have them, you have them. You have them lying in your back, be they a poopy dog or a bony grandkid like uh, like my uh, you know like my grandson, or even if they have a little you know I mean even if they have a little fat little butt here you know what I mean you know like you know like my granddaughter I mean I don't really like I don't really like anything laying in my back here now Roxy loves Roxy loves you know, Roxy used to love having poopy dog uh, just lay right next in the hollow of her back. But then again, she has fat back, too, here. So anyway, about six months after I got home, she said, you traitor. I said, why? He, he says, he's your dog now. 
He won't even lay on my back anymore. I said, well, do you want the little flea bag laying on your back? And she said, well, yeah, sort of here. So, you know, I don't know. Now, me, me and Roxy, we're sort of like Jack Spratt and his wife here. You know, Jack Spratt could eat no fat and his wife could eat no weight. So we get along just fine here. Who cares about your stupid dog? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> in any case, here, skinny, you know, <laughs> just right out here. All righty. Well, we're going to go ahead and call it night. LOL, buddy. Anyway, folks, we're going to go ahead and say hail victory. Y'all want to talk about conservatives here. Folks, if you are serious, the only thing that's going to save the white race is essentially killing traitors, destroying the lives of traitors. Every night before I go to bed, I thank Yahweh for getting me out of the nuthouse, getting me out of the jail, not letting Zog Babylon railroad me. Then I pray that every single one of my grandchildren will find their way home. They probably will destroy my future by destroying my future. And then I pray that the lives and the families of these regime criminals will end and that they will be sent screaming to hell. That they won't get a proper burial, but they will all die like pigs. That's why I pray every night before I fall asleep. I may read a little bit of Kindle, my Kindle. I may go ahead and do some, you know, do, oh, so just look at the webpage. I may think about what I'm going to do tomorrow. But just before I roll, you know, close my eyes, go to bed, I pray to Yahweh. You know, thank Yahweh. I pray that the grandchildren will come back, find their way home. And just like Sean did, you know, just like my first son-in-law did a week or two ago. And then I pray these people be destroyed, they and their families and their children. They need to die. They need to be destroyed. I don't view non-whites as being human. I view them as being dangerous animals. The folks that, you know, who brought in these dangerous animals? Wiggers. Who brought in allowed juice to run wild? Wiggers. And these wiggers need to die. And so unless you are serious, unless you are absolutely serious, about what you claim, you need to, well, essentially, essentially be quite hard-nosed about it to where, hey, guess what? I'm not going to ever denounce Dylan Roof. Dylan Roof did what he thought he had to do. I don't view him as a coward. I view him as someone who actually read something from these conservatives, these conservatives who are suffering from magical thinking because they're cowards. This show is about looking at what is. 
if you're going to go ahead and think that niggers are human beings or beers are human beings or gooks are human beings or the wiggers, don't, you know, treasonous wiggers don't deserve death regardless of who they are. You know, like the tribe of Benjamin when it engaged in supporting some Jews who went ahead and sodomized a woman and didn't give up the Jews and the Whiggers for punishment by death. Folks, you can't have. You've got the only way to end evil is to end evil doers. And since these creatures do not belong if they're not white in our society, and it's evil Whiggers who bring them in, then the evil Whiggers need to die. All of them. Every single last one. And if you don't want to do that, shut the fuck up. Just take your fucking and have done with it. There is no political problem that cannot be solved by tell, killing 10 or 20 million Uyghurs. You need to destroy, we need to destroy these traitors. They have chosen evil. Now, I don't agree with Dewey here. They're just simply sitting here waiting on this resurrection. No, I believe that they chose evil and they do evil. And essentially, even if they haven't chosen evil, then the parents, the grandparents have chosen evil for them. They need to die. I tell you about who will, who is in this movement and what they do. And you can either listen and you can either agree or disagree. It doesn't really matter to me. Most of you here, you nimbuster tards, are here because you're a bunch of ass clowns who want to have some fun. That's fine. I'd easily let you, you know, have your fun. Look at reason. There is no freer web page, and folks, you were invited to call in if you disagree with me. But you're not. Which is fine as well. Well folks, this show this show is about telling the truth as I see it. If you disagree, that's fine too. I'm interested in finding out why you disagree. But when it comes down to it, no so-called white nationalist or CI dentist website which goes ahead and yaps about how we need to be kind to the spawn of Satan. We need to be kind to those who do the work of the spawn of Satan. We need to go ahead and look as niggers and beaners and lambsers as being somehow with a little, you know, bunch of little quiggers strapped in, nigger, beaner, good suit here. Just meaning well. Folks, I have no patience for that sort of shit. I know you're a liar. I know there's something wrong with you. You see, I know how you're supposed to act if you really are one of us. And folks, there can be there can be disagreement on, on tactics. But folks, when it comes down to it, the only way we are going to get what we need 
is through killing or letting die or making sure this chaos destroys the enemies of Yahweh and Yahweh's servant nation, which are the members of our race. And if you don't really like that, well, then fuck you. There's nothing we're going to agree on. Get used to it. That's what we am. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. I'm going to go ahead and say, Hail Victory. And Yahweh bless. And good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.